This is Chelsea. And this is Andrew. And this is Hugging and Learning, the podcast where we watch very special episodes of television from the 70s, 80s, and 90s and see what they have to say to us today. Today we're going to be watching an episode of Saved by the Bell called Date Auction. Now this is from season three or four, mm-hmm. episode 15. Look, guys, it's a long story. If you look it up on IMDb, it's season three. If you try to watch it on Hulu, which is where you can watch Sit by the Bell, it's season four. Fantastic. And uh, this was originally aired November 9th, 1991. The writers are credited as Sam Bobrick, who's the creator, and Jeffrey Sachs. And today our snack is tangerine vanilla cashew macadamia glazed mix. It's a lot of words. It is from Snack Better. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's like a trail mix, but it's specifically tangerine vanilla. So let's see, uh, what we think. Yep. You've been gone now, almost a year, and you ask me to forget and forget later, baby. So, Chelsea, what did you think about these tangerine vanilla fancy lad <laughs> I really like them. I especially like the little mango pieces in there. They're, um, it's supposed to, I guess, according to the back of the bag, taste like, um, like a, uh, orange and vanilla frozen ice pop, like a creamsicle type thing. Um, I I like them. You? I tell by your face you don't. I didn't get much out of them. There wasn't much flavor to it. Also, I feel like it's what... Uh, rich people have when they're having their servants carry them down a trail. Oh my god! Trail mix. Uh, it's uh, like what rich people <laughs> eat when they look at the trail that they've bought and mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. Uh, mining for oil on. <laughs> it's like what rich people eat. Period. That doesn't mean it couldn't also be tasty. I think it's good. I just think it's not. It's not made for me. Oh, I see. You're not the target audience. A kid from the streets. Uh huh. Of Oklahoma. <laughs> oh god. What? Streets, Oklahoma. Sure. Uh, Miles, our audio engineer, <laughs> director. It's going great so far. Etc. Uh, what did you think of these snacks? Uh, these snacks were also not made for me. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just being too clever f- uh, to be a cashew. I think this needs to be a whole nother Thanks, thing. right? You know what? Too when clever. I was eating them, I was like, you know what I'd rather eat? Just a regular old fucking cashew. Pretty tough. So many lies in this room right now. Uh, I think they're good. Check them out, if, I guess, if you have some sort of palate. So, let's get down to Saved by the Bell, the whitest show that ever whited on some whites. <laughs> Saved by the Bell aired for four seasons, between 1989 and 1992, which kind of baffles me because I thought this show was on for much longer, and because... It it ran in syndication endlessly when I was a kid, yeah. and I think I thought it was like a current show at that time, yeah. even though I would have been watching it mid to late 90s. Well, they syndicated it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the plan in the 90s was, let's get as many episodes done as we can, get it into syndication, then we're all making a ton of money, and we can stop working. Yeah, and it was on every day after school, For and sure. I would watch it, and I and really felt like these characters were my friends. I've probably really? seen every episode of this I show. I felt these, these characters were way better than me. Well, I mean, like, I felt like I knew them intimately. Fair. You know what I mean? That's and, fair. And because I was in junior high and they were in high school, that's usually the demographic. Like, it's usually the data bears out that you engage as a kid with characters who are slightly older than you yeah. are. To sort of understand what's coming up and yeah. that sort of thing. Also, the, the episode series season confusion is that this started out as a show called Good Morning, Miss Bliss. was about kids in Ohio, a couple of the same characters, and then after that first season... there Which starred Haley Mills, who's one of my favorite actresses of all time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, After that first season, they were right on the edge of getting canceled, if they weren't actually canceled. But the uh, series creator, Sam Bobrick, and I think Brandon Tartikoff was working on it back then. I don't know. Mm. So, But they retooled it as a show about teens in California... Dropped a bunch of characters, added a bunch more characters, and it lived on for several more seasons and 
two spinoffs. Yeah, they did the college years, and then they did the new class, which was new new actors, new characters. Except for Screech. And then they did. Uh, uh, they got married in Vegas. Zach and Kelly. It just it. <sighs> there are a lot of iterations of this. Yeah. This season in particular, which is season three of. Uh, 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 season three. We're going to call it season it's three. season three. They've spent the first half of the season working at a resort on the beach with Leah Remini. Yes, they have. So it's, it, it, and it's been, there's some sort of confusion in terms of like, it's a little bit all over the map in terms of you can tell just from continuity errors that they, they aired the episodes out of sync of how they filmed them. Yeah. But for the purposes of just discussing this episode as its own thing, we are firmly back in the high school world. Yep. We're at school. The ordinary world of the show is these characters who we all know and love are up to their high school hijinks. And there's a dance coming up, which is a big, you know, sort of a high school milestone. Spring dance. Spring dance. And so the, the characters are the close, the sort of like central group of characters are Zach Morris, who is the super cool guy. Guy. He's the ringleader. Every girl wants to date him. Every dude wants to be his friend. AC Slater, who is the jock. Screech Samuel Powers, who is the geek. Lisa Turtle, who's a spoiled rich girl. Jesse Spano, who's the smart feminist. And Kelly Kapowski, who's the head cheerleader. There you go. That breaks it all down for you. Yeah. Like so many teenage shows, it's like, here are all the archetypes. By the way, they're all going to dress exactly like their personality stereotypes, Yeah. which is great self-awareness. But it, Saved by the Bell is one of these shows that you can truly drop in on oh, any episode sure. in any season and be caught up very quickly. For example, this episode starts with a fade in on Zach, who's addressing us directly. And he says, one thing about student council is... There's always a bunch of teens yelling at each other, and then we're into the episode. Yeah. Screaming teenagers. It's a student council meeting. Principal Belding asks if anyone else has anything to bring before the student council, and Kelly pipes up that the school cheerleaders need new uniforms, and that is the inciting incident. I mean, it's the third line of the show. Yeah, they aren't fucking around on this one. And as many eagle-eyed internet sleuths have pointed out, the new cheerleading uniforms, the one whose acquisition necessitates... The whole action of this show yeah. have already been seen in season three, what? episode seven. Come on. Yeah. Did you not know? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Season three, episode seven, which is check your mate. These yes, you can where s- you see the cheerleaders in these new uniforms. Screech goes up against a Russian chess player. Yes. Oh, jeebus. Yeah. So anyway, continuity error. How much of my error. brain real estate is taken up by knowing <laughs> Saved by the Bell episodes? Too much. So anyway, we've already we saw these new uniforms eight episodes ago already. Stupid. I immediately needed to know if the two girls sitting behind Kelly were twins, and IMDb could not tell me, but I I think yes. That's fair. They're dressed. The look. The the one thing piece of evidence that. That you you pointed out is they are dressed exactly the same. Which yep, same hair, only everything. yeah, which you only do, which is also the same as Kelly's hair, which is just the three of them sitting together. It's it's an odd thing. Very high, a lot of hairspray. So Kelly says uh, we'll need four hundred dollars for six hundred six hundred excuse me dollars for those outfits. And Zach, being the, the upstanding citizen that he is, says <laughs> why would we just do two hundred dollars and they can wear bikinis? And none of the girls laugh. They all roll their eyes except for Wendy. Who who is on the student council, who is this girl we've never seen before and we'll never see again after this episode, who is just busting a gut. Yeah, she loves these horrifying comments from Zach. Oh my God. His misogyny is mother's milk to her. She thinks it's hilarious. Yes. Kelly and Lisa immediately have the idea, we want to auction off the guys uh, of the school at at a date auction to raise money. Jesse is against this as sexist flesh peddling, and everyone laughs and rolls their eyes as if this weren't a little bit true. It's kind of creepy. It's a creepy first idea. Yeah, and they unanimously overrule her. For, first things first, let's let's get on this, because I have a theory about this show that I will discuss later, but okay. let's, let's point out a couple things. Kelly says, let's do a date auction. I bet girls would bet a fortune on Zach and Slater. Mm-hmm. And there are four other dudes in this room who yep. she's just like, Bleh. And you're trash. I guess you guys might bring in something. Yeah, you guys might be able to get us a, a you know... The, the the shipping and handling costs for, <laughs> right, these for these uniforms. Zach and Slater, 600 bucks a piece. So already not off to a great caring. Jesse's the only person, start. including the principal, who has an objection to this. And they all sort of, they unanimously overrule her. Yeah, they immediately vote and, and it's on. So the next scene takes place right out in the hallway. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Lisa likes the student council president. Vice president. Vice president. Is Jesse the president? Yes. Then how is she not, how is oh, she being over? because it just has to happen that way. Okay, fair enough. Well, thank you. Yeah. Reality, I understand. Yeah. Okay. Before we get too deeply into it, this is a thing that you and I have noticed now having watched a couple of Saved by the Bell episodes and talked yeah. about them in preparation. Saved by the Bell focuses very heavily and almost equally on all three of its plot concurrent plot lines. Absolutely. In a normal episode of, of television, you have three separate plot lines, A and B and C. B gets less than A and C gets less than C as far as airtime is concerned. Not in Saved by the Bell. They are doing all three problems all at once, which is very jarring. Further, instead of having people help with the problems at hand, they spin off a couple extra problems that somebody else is running into. So you end up right. with five storylines, all that need to be addressed, all that need time, and all that need to be wrapped up. And it's so, so much They're stuff. They're so dense. They're so dense. And when I was originally, the first pass, when I watched this, I was like, okay, so this is, because it normally would be, where we enter the special world and we cross the first threshold and answer the call to adventure. The call to adventure would be that the cheerleaders need new uniforms. I actually think it comes much later. So okay. I'm going to say, weirdly, we are still kind of setting up the ordinary world for the next yeah, little I, while. I 100, 100% agree. Like, everybody's still doing their thing. And we don't know who our hero will be yet. If we ever know. If we ever know. Uh, also, apparently... It was only the last episode where they did a raffle to raise exactly the same amount of money, six hundred dollars, to what? fix Belding's car. So they can't Boy. do a raffle again because These we just did that. These fucking kids are tapped out, man. <laughs> they are. So wait, they, they, are. wait, they need money for this now too, right? So oh, after I guess the I meeting, won't buy lunch this week <laughs> or ever. So after the meeting, Brian, who Brian. is a teenager who carries a briefcase and wears a blazer to school, yes. walks past Lisa and she reveals that she has the hots for him. Yeah. Yes, and he does not even know she exists. Nope. Also, he looks like a black BJ Novak. Oh. I've settled on that name uh -huh. and uh, set aside Black J Novak and BJ No Black. <laughs> BJ No Black doesn't work though because he is black. No Black. No Black. Okay. Thank you. Right. Yeah, I thought it through. Oh my God. So, yeah, this dude it doesn't have, literally doesn't have the time of day for her. Kelly says that, but Lisa's like, but I like him. Yeah, she's like, he's playing hard to get. Playing hard to get. Um, Slater and Zach enter. <laughs> playing impossible to get. <laughs> Slater and Zach and Screech enter. And Slater is wearing the most amazing acid-washed harem jeans with four built-in belts and a very high waist into which his shirt is completely tucked. It's disappeared into this <laughs> pool of acid-washed jeans. It is amazing. Uh, Slater bets Zach he'll bring in more money at the date auction. And yep. Screech is delusional. Screech says, oh yeah, well let me show you a thing or two. And then immediately goes and reverse propositions a girl <laughs> saying, how much money will you give me to go out with me? Uh, which is negative $50. <laughs> exactly. And she slams his foot in a locker. Yeah. So much locker slamming in this episode. For sure. So Jesse has said before that she's upset about the auction. She called it a meat market to Lisa and Kelly. And now she, she wants AC to help her. You know, boycott this thing or do he's something about it. He's her boyfriend. Yeah. He's her boyfriend. He says, uh, help me stop the auction. And she says, light, and he says, lighten up. It'll be fun. And she says, go on, sell your muscles, but I'm not going to bid on them. And the studio audience goes, ooh. And it's like, good for her. You know, like, yeah, this is a to. stupid idea. Sure. She keeps calling it sexist, which is not quite right, but it, it is, it is priming Every person involved for hurt feelings, yeah. misunderstandings. Is, you don't sell people. You don't sell people's how time. about that? You don't. In this day and age, in 1990, whatever, what is it, 1991, yeah. you don't sell people. Also, you just don't. As far as high school, where everybody is worried about how they're being judged and how they're being perceived... The last thing you want is a literal price tag exactly. on your appearance. A quantification of your popularity or lack thereof. Exactly. I actually, 
when I was in college, my boyfriend was in a date auction for his, I was gonna ask, for his fraternity. I was 100% going to ask because I have never been part of a date auction because no thanks. I don't need whatever mental fallout would be after that. So you've so you've been to a date oh, auction. Oh, I didn't go because only sorority girls were allowed to go. You were in a sorority girl? I was not. Uh, he was in a fraternity. Were you in the student council? In high school, yeah. yeah I, I wrote that down. Uh-huh. I made a, made a bet with myself. Guess what? Just uh-huh. won that bet. You won that bet. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I remember it being just dumb. He had to go on a date with a girl he didn't know because it's all like, quote, for charity. Sure. You know, it's always for a, quote, good cause. Yeah. But and I for, just remember being for the general stupid cause and of I, meanness. he didn't talk very much about it. And I think it was just kind of like a... I mean, I don't want to, it was, it's now years in the past, but I feel like it made everybody feel gross and hurt people's feelings. Sure. And it's just, there's got to be another, have a car wash. Like there's got to be another way to make $600. Do we not have somebody's, where is Lisa Turtle's dad? Yeah. He's always chipping in for nonsense on this show. He's rich as shit. How about don't buy hair scrunchies for a month and that's $600 right there. Yeah. She so, wears a lot of hair scrunchies. Oh, how much, uh, how much did your boyfriend fetch? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he told me. Yeah. Date auctions. We're going to come back to this in a big, bad way later on, but fucking date auctions. Yeah. So, and Jesse is the only one to bring this up, and everybody just rolls their eyes at her, which is like, oh man, smart girls on TV are the worst. It's too bad that they're sometimes sexy and you have to pretend, I'm like, not along. Um, so they'll still date you. This refer to this as the Diane paradox where, from Cheers. Oh, Diane from Cheers. Where it's like, Absolutely. oh God, she's so annoying and she's Can't smart. Can't live she... with her. The only series regular I can date. Right. So... Anyway. So you would think that they were setting up Jesse to be the hero of this, but yeah, hold but on. you'd be wrong. So next scene, they're at the max. Uh, it starts out with Screech showing Lisa a real cheesecake picture of himself. Oh, God. Uh, not you wearing a beefcake? shirt. beefcake? Is it cheesecake when it's a girl, beefcake when it's a dude? I've never heard cheesecake. Beefcake is a dude. I wonder if that's the distinction. Yeah, cheesecake pictures are like pin-up pictures. That oh, never thing. heard that. No, beefcake is definitely a dude. I, there must be that dividing. I have learned something today. <laughs> cheesecake pictures for ladies, beefcake pictures for dudes. <laughs> You're welcome, listener. So if you need those antiquated terms at any time, throw them on out there. So he shows her this picture of himself in a locker room, no shirt, jams, <laughs> and suspenders on his jams. Like, d- trying to flex, I guess? Yeah. Here's the thing. He says, Lisa, take a look at this. She does. She says, that would scare the fleas off my dog. And then she I walks away. Why is he showing her this picture? I don't know. Does to get the- her to bid on him? Is it? I guess. Question mark? Question mark. I hey, also- here's a picture of me half naked. So uh, we're at the max. Uh, Brian is there, the, the teenage intellectual. Lisa's trying to get on his good side. She asks what he's reading, and he says, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And there is no way that that guy does say not say Notre Dame. Oh, for sure. He talks about French lectures and French club and French everything. There's no way he says Notre Dame. Here's, here's how you know somebody's, somebody's super pretentious like that. They're saying Budapest. Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If somebody in your life says either of those things, get them out of your life. <laughs> but... Notre Dame is the way you pronounce that And it doesn't sound Notre Dame, if you say the Hunchback of Notre Dame That does not sound super pretentious to me I feel like enough of us know Anyway, there's no way that guy said Notre Dame So Um, he's definitely Giving off signals That he does not care for Lisa Oh yeah Which I don't even want to call signals He's just shy of being like I don't like you, please go away forever Yeah, and she is going It's going right over her head He obviously thinks she's a vapid ding-dong, and we have uh, our B storyline here. She's pursuing a guy that he is, uh, and he is actively running in the other direction. Great. He's playing, he's playing hard to get in an advanced level, which is, please stop trying to get me. Right. Uh, Uh, Zach then comes in and strikes up a conversation at a table with a girl he calls Linda, only to find out her name is Lydia. Um, He's lobbying her hard, albeit briefly, to bid on him for the date auction, and we learn it is only a few days away. Um, He's probably our hero, because he's Zach, and it's the thing. He can't be our hero. So... (laughs) I just refuse. I mean, yeah, sure. I guess he gets closest, but... 
I don't know. We're going to figure this out. Yeah, though. this is a this is a hard one because all three storylines are given pretty equal weight. So, Kelly so comes, the storylines here, as we have established yeah. them, are Zach is trying to is Zach in this in this auction and whatever the fallout from it is. Yep. Lisa pursuing Brian and Jesse and Slater having a fight about whether the auction is dehumanizing or not. Yeah, but then we're going to add three more problems in a minute. <laughs> also, don't forget that the problem originally was we got to get these cheerleaders an outfit. Oh yeah, we've thrown that. That's way by the wayside. But with the, we've thrown it in uh, Boomerang because it's coming <laughs> it's back. It's coming back. So Kelly comes up to wait on him, and Zach says, I'll, I'll, is there anything on the menu that's a date with Lydia? And at the beginning of this season, or the end of the last season, Zach and Kelly have broken up. And she, at the beginning of this season, was dating her boss at the Max. Yeah, who's an adult person. Right, and cheated on her. Yeah, it's just it's just a creepy series of events. Okay, we're back at school. Yeah, whenever that is, one hour or seven months in the future. The same, no, it's the same day for sure because they all have the same clothes on that they had on at the student council Might be a coincidence. meeting. Um, they're in the girls' locker room. Jesse has assembled a handful of girls to scare them off bidding on Slater. By threatening them with physical violence. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she says, Lisa says, uh, you're overreacting. Well, hold on. Let's, let's, let's wait one second. Number one, Jesse says, I'm going to murder you if you try to bid on Slater. She's, she'll hunt them down like a rabid dog. Yeah, you know, with the murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she slams a locker door and says, have a nice day. And the audience cheers. Yeah, like so this is super feminist or something. I guess. Or where she's standing up for it's, herself. Who knows? Is she? I uh, don't look. She's just threatening a bunch of ladies. Right. The people she's supposed to care about most. You're the student council president. You're supposed to protect them. That's... <laughs> Why did you betray the These whole These are your constituents. <laughs> um. You can vote it out next year, Jesse Spano. <laughs> Deal with that. Uh, so, yeah. And then Lisa and Kelly tell her to settle down. Yeah, they say you're overreacting. And Lisa says, the guys want to do the auction, so it's not sexist. It's sexy, which is just shut up. Problematic um, is what that is. And then Jesse tells her two best friends, yeah. if they bid on Slater, they're dead. And she slams another locker. A separate the locker. The third locker she slammed so far this Miles, episode. Miles has pointed out that there were three separate <laughs> lockers that Jesse Spano slammed for uh, it's, emphasis. It's how she punctuates her sentences. So now she's threatened to murder everyone in a locker room, including somebody who had like six inches on her and could totally take her, <laughs> and her two very best friends, if they even bid on A.C. Slater. But then Kelly and Lisa just roll their eyes. No one takes Jesse seriously. She's going to kill you all. <laughs> Jesse Spano's going to murder you. I, I don't know. It's There's okay. nothing. It's, that's, that's it. That's that whole scene. That's is the whole scene. And then, Jesse we're, murder. and then we're at the date auction. Date auction time. So, uh, so it seems like the whole, all of this heretofore has happened in one day. And then Zach let us know that the, the date auction was days away. So now we jump ahead in time several days to the date auction. Sure. And the principal is the auctioneer of the students. Weird. Nothing sexier than that. Or less problematic. I'm going to sell my students to each, to each other. other. Yeah. Uh, that's the noise he makes when he's watching it go down. Right. First uh. we hear the word, the name Herbert Hodis announced. He's got to be a dweeb with a name like that. He comes on, he goes for 15 fucking American cents. To basically the female version of himself, and the whole crowd goes, aw, and the whole thing is just so weird. But here's the thing is, I'm rolling my eyes left and right at this episode, and I'm like, well, actually, a a vaguely sweet moment. Yes, maybe she only had 15 cents and really wanted to date this dude. But then she ditches him. She doesn't even go to the dance with him. Oh, we're going to get to that. But they walk off holding hands, and I'm like, well, look, something came out of all this. Nope. Nope. So then, uh, next up is... (laughs) Black BJ Novak. Yeah, Brian, Brian is up for bid. He comes on in a smart cardigan Ugh. and pleated front chinos, which is what he's always wearing. And Lisa gets out her Amex. She does, in fact. It's specifically that she says, "Let the games begin." Yeah, and then she snags Brian for a cool thirty dollars and some light blackmail. And yeah. he is pissed about it. He looks at Mister Belding like, "Please don't let me go for thirty dollars to Lisa Turtle." The worst person on the planet. Oh my god! Apart from me, so yeah. And and as Chelsea has mentioned here, she's in a bidding war with another girl, and she says to this girl, "If you outbid me, I'm going to tell everybody about your training bra," which I don't even understand as a joke because I don't know bras. I, this was a big thing. 
in the 90s. I don't know if it was as big in actual high schools as it was in high school comedies where the idea that you wore a training bra was... If anyone found out, was horrific because it meant that like your boobs were small. Okay, which is I don't know. I uh, it's something don't. that might be understandable. I guess I just boobs are all different sizes. You can't really control. Or the other thing was like that someone would find out that you stuffed your bra. This is another TV sure. trope where people tissue was falling out of bras, and that was horrifying. Hilarious. So real quick, I can't help but notice that. The two girls who are bidding on this young black male are black. Are black, and I'm curious to get your your tentative thoughts about this. Is it because the studio? It's the '90s, and they're not sure about it, so they're like, "Let's not even mess with the controversy." It's all black kids bidding on themselves. It seems incredibly intentional that only the only two people that bid on this young black man are black girls and then no black girls get into the bidding war over Zach. Not true. No, no, no. That same girl does. That actually. same girl does. But I can't believe I must. It's it, to me. It seems like it must be circumstantial because Jesse and Slater are a white girl and a Hispanic guy. Yeah. And Screech is always after Lisa and he's white and she's black. So I feel like I have a, I have a theory. This show. Okay. Tell me your theory. No, no, no I'm sorry. I, didn't mean to I just, you. I just feel like they haven't shied away from interracial couples in the past. I don't know why they would start at this date auction. Well, that's what I think it is. I think that maybe they started filming this and they, they were going through storyboarding or whatever. And they're like, great. Oh. That a white woman is going to bid on an auction for yep. a black guy. Yeah, and, and they were they're like, like hey, this is sort of maybe reminiscent of a slave auction. Maybe that's the point at which you scrap the whole idea for maybe, the episode maybe. because I thought that then instant someone brought it up and I know I'm not the only one. Yeah, don't ever do this. Yeah. The end. This episode ends after 30 seconds. You don't auction off human beings, even if it's, quote, sexy, because they, quote, want to be in the auction. Hey, should we do a date auction? Oh, no. Nope. We'll just wear these same <sighs> outfits next year. Yeah, or we'll get Lisa's dad to do it. We'll do a rummage sale. We'll do a bake sale. We'll do a car wash. We'll do any of the other things that American teenagers know how to do. Or like half of us are rich. Let's just get one of our parents <laughs> right. to do a thing. So we are up to the point where A.C. Slater uh, A.C. Slater comes out and the entire crowd assembled for this auction are dead silent. Yep. Here's the thing. <laughs> Jesse Spano has threatened everybody so much that when A.C. Slater comes out, the audience doesn't cheer. And when he, when Belding inappropriately says, flex those biceps, A.C., and he does, there are very limited woos from the crowd. Yeah, we're all terrified. Everybody's scared of Jesse's murderous rage. They start the bidding. No one bids. They go down. No one bids. Kelly comments that Slater looks embarrassed. And rather than let that go on for more than 10 seconds, she defies the request of her best friend and bids $10 and wins him. Fragile masculinity triumphs over female <laughs> solidarity once again. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Rather I than thought let... something bad was going to happen to that dude. Oh, no. Rather than let him feel uncomfortable for more than 10 seconds, <laughs> let me piss off my best friend who directly told me not to hit on her boyfriend at this horrible auction. Uh, it's true. I did not think that at the time. I was more thinking, well, they're friends, so why not? Yeah, it's just... But it's a solid point. This is a thing about Kelly that is going to come up in a lot, a lot in the show, but specifically in this episode, mm. is that Kelly cares way more about what other people are feeling than herself. Oh, yeah. She never brings up her own opinions or thoughts. It's always, how is this person feeling? What does that person think? That's true. Just to circle back to this, the girls taking the payments are definitely twins. I've, they're dressed alike yeah. again. I've decided they're again. twins. Fair. So now Slater has a date for the dance and Jesse doesn't, which he rubs in her face. So Jesse gets revenge by throwing all of her objections and morals out the window and blindly bids on whoever's next. Yeah, and it happens to be Screech, and then the crowd goes nuts with laughter. What a punishment! Now that Harpy will get what's coming to her for <laughs> daring to express that this stupid fundraising stunt compromises the humanity of everyone involved. That's right. Boys can be revenge, too. <laughs> 
Like Screech is your friend. Don't make that face, girl. It's one yeah. dance. It's it's just you're just hanging out with a friend, which you do all the fucking time. Now, granted, Screech does get into it a little bit too much. But when you set a boundary and be like, "Hey, this will be a fun thing we do as friends," right? She acts like I this know is- from personal experience, women have no problem saying we're just friends. <laughs> yeah, there. It's like this is one dance. It's not the rest of your life. I. But you're right. Like she compromised. Suddenly, because Slater has a date to the dance and she doesn't, the slave auction is a fine way to get a date, I guess. And she plunks down $25. Which immediately, if we haven't already thrown Jesse out of the hero spot for threatening to kill everybody she knows, <laughs> then she hasn't done anything here. She made an objection based on her morals or feminist uh, leanings. And then we found out that she's just upset that Slater was going to get bit on, I guess. So she immediately yeah. does the thing she said nobody should do. Bye, Jesse. Thanks for trying to be the hero for a second. Yeah, I guess. So next up we have Zach yeah. Morris and the yeah. fucking crowd goes wild because Zach's the best. This is going to be the blood blast. Zach. Blood bath. Blood blast. <laughs> this is going to be a blood bath. There's a ravenous war to get <laughs> Zach because Zach's the best. Yeah, Lydia's up to like 70 bucks or so. It's going once, going twice. <sighs> nope. And she loses. She loses to Wendy. Yeah. Here's the thing, people at home. Here's why. Fuck this episode and fuck everybody involved. <laughs> so Wendy, who is a full-figured woman, I guess, is what you want to say. I think... We're going to use the word fat, which is a word that women of size have reclaimed just recently. Now we're going to retroactively use it because that is why this actress was cast because she is the size of three Kelly Kapowski's and the point that they are making. And the reason that Zach looks at Belding, like he's about to be thrown into a pit of fire when this girl bids a hundred dollars for him is because she is fat and he is horrified. And moreover, the audience starts chucking it up like laughing and just what zach dayton a fat lady no way belding has to literally shove him off the stage to get him to touch her yeah and she is wearing some kind of kindergarten pinafore get up with white tights (sighs) and loafers because she's not a sexual being she's fat she can't possibly be can't possibly she is wearing matronly outfits Throughout this, floral designs and house dresses and things like this that. This is to, to remind you, the girl in the student council meeting that was laughing at all of his jokes yep. super hard. Yeah. So I guess Zach might be our hero and his journey is to accept people who don't fit his very narrow standard of beauty. If you say so. Who knows? If so, then this is the call to adventure and it comes a fully... 40% the, of the way It's the end of the, the first the, act. Yeah. And by the way, fuck you, the episode. This is the big act break problem. This is usually like the worst thing has happened to this character that's going to upend their entire life. And it's, uh-oh, I have to go on a date with a fat lady. Yeah, now we're in a special world where Zach has to touch fat girls. Uh, so let's let's dig a little bit below the surface here. Because sure. the episode doesn't. No. Um, so there is a very good article that was written for Vulture in 2017 by Maggie Fremont called The Evolution of Fat Women on TV. Right. I will give you the link. And basically what she boils down is in the 80s and 90s and even the 2000s, fat people were the butt of jokes from characters who were we were supposed to like with zero repercussions. Uh, absolutely. It's one thing if the person making fat jokes is the school bully. It sends a very different message if it's the hero of the show that you always root for that's making fat jokes with no repercussions. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a heroic fat character on television or one that doesn't at least get made fun of or one that isn't like, I guess I have to use my smarts because I'm not physically fit. Right. Or even, even recently, if there were a fat character on a show, even if she were the protagonist, uh, cause it's almost always a woman, the whole show would be about her weight and how she wanted to lose it. The, the most recent, this is us. Yep. They, they are doing their best with making uh, her a sexual being, but at the same time, Every every plot point points back to her being overweight. Yes. We are just now maybe getting into an era of allowing women of all body types to be on TV to do all different kinds of things, some of which concern fat women not trying to lose weight. How about uh, that? I would say like a lot of the characters, the characters, the women of Orange is the New Black are all different sizes. Sure. Some of them are larger than others and none of them are on a weight loss journey because they're too busy being in prison. Yeah. To quote this article... 
We aren't there yet. Perhaps most tellingly, though, is the fact that shows featuring fat women who have no physical hangups still get blowback from viewers. Even if TV creators are ready to treat fat women as, you know, women, some of the viewing public can't wrap their heads around the fact that fat women also have sex, deal with drama at work, and can get into hilarious hijinks that have nothing to do with their weight. Exactly. So this show is... Firmly in this world of this entire character's, all of her attributes Mm. are that she's fat. Every line she has is something from this point on will be something to do with her weight. Exactly. And this is, we're in the special world now where Zach has to date someone who doesn't look exactly like Kelly. Yeah, precisely. So we are now into act two. We're back at the max. And first things first, Brian spells it out for Lisa. You dumb. I don't want to go on a date with you. He also mentions, by the way, that uh, Catcher in the Rye, which is a real creep move. Oh, God, no, that it's such a, a teenage boy move, though. There's such a like group of... I mean, they're usually in college or late high school when it's like Catcher in the Rye is the best thing ever, and you're but, like, oh, my God, read another book, just one other book. To be fair, it's also a serial killer move. Yeah, totally. Which this dead-eyed motherfucker <laughs> might very well end up being. But I will say, and I'm going to go ahead... Okay, She approaches Brian. He tries to blow her off. He says they have nothing in common, Mm. which is true. Yes. I am going to go ahead and defend this relationship as being one that could have worked. And I will tell you at the points at where it could have worked. But he mentions alienation, and then he actively self-alienates from a girl who's just trying to get to know him. Well, you you do know. uh, I'm sorry. I I have to take a a break out for this this specific joke because I find this to be a, a cherished terrible pop culture memory so alien he says this catcher in the rye me 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 is about alienation and lisa turtle goes i love alien nation it's my favorite show mm-hmm. which if we all remember alien nation was a tv show that spun off from a movie called alien nation which starred james Kahn as a cop in los angeles san francisco wherever that took place and then as his alien police partner, Mandy Patinkin. I want to watch that. I know. I do, too. <laughs> My God. Stay tuned for <laughs> Alienation <laughs> on Hugging and Learning. This whole exchange smacks to me of a writer being like, I was a teenage nerd who's too smart for everyone in my high school. And this is what I I would have said to the pretty popular girl if If she had ever asked me out, but she never did. (laughs) But this is what I would have said. I would have like, you're stupid. I don't want you. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Wendy is there. She's saving Zach a table. They're supposed to have lunch. They've agreed to have lunch to talk about the, and Zach has put it out of his mind because he can't even think of sitting down at a table. Who's a fat lady? And then Slater says, I'll leave you two lovebirds alone and elbows Zach in the Slater. ribs because he's a piece of trash. Everybody's a piece of trash. And the studio audience laughs like, Zach's got to eat with a fat girl. The audience is a piece of trash too. And Wendy can tell Zach is uncomfortable, so she immediately tries to put him at ease by making a joke at her own expense. Yep, self-deprecating. About That's how she needs to lose weight. What you have, I've struggled with weight my entire life, and that is when I was a fat teenager, that's what I did. I was like, I'll make the joke before anybody else can. God, it's and so it's, sad. It's real sad. And he tries to get out of spending even 30 minutes with Wendy that she didn't pay for by faking a back injury and saying he can't stay for lunch and he's got to go to the doctor. And he's totally going to, he's already like, well, I'll just play this up and get out of that dance as well finally so he leaves yeah and lisa sits down and asks slater basically am i stupid and slater's like yeah well she says what do you think of me you're my friend and he says you're pretty and you're fun and she says well you know but like go deeper and he says you're a great dancer <laughs> and then she laments that it must be true she's an airhead which is a word i forgot that we used to use about people yeah um, and the audience has nothing but sympathy for this woman there's, oh, I must be an airhead as she runs out and the audience awes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we so we go back to the student council. Zach's there for some reason, even though he's- He pretty can't pretend- be on the student council. He was in the last meeting too. This guy actively shirks all responsibility. Well, you know who else was at the last meeting? Wendy. Why is Zach showing up to this meeting- 
Mm-hmm. So I guess it's the next day because we get a clue later on. Jesse confirms that the date auction was a huge success, but she's still pissed off. Also, at this point, she's dressed in black jeans and an emerald jacket with Southwest trim. It's so good. That jacket's amazing. It makes her look like a science fiction villain from Arizona. <laughs> you want everyone to be a science fiction villain. If they look like one. Kelly is wearing shorteralls with one strap undone because she's so cool. Good Lord. She And she wants to call the date off so Jesse won't be mad at her anymore. Again, it's Kelly being like, what is, is is someone else uncomfortable? Let me do whatever I can do to make that stop without taking my own feelings into account. And as soon as Slater says, no, I'm doing this to get revenge on Jesse. She's like, well, I guess we're doing it then. Yeah. And he's actually says she started this and I'm going to teach her a lesson, which is like, just break up. I mean, you're married, Chelsea. Do you remember the first time Miles said he was going to teach you a lesson? He would never. The, the time when you knew he actually loved you. Winslow, would you have you ever wanted to teach me? He looks terrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As you should, because you're not a fucking sociopath. So, right. Lisa comes in dressed as a 60-year-old librarian. <laughs> She's wearing a full business suit, skirt suit. And pearls. Glasses, pearls, carrying a ton of books. Yeah. She says, I was in the library reading up on Tolstoy, and she wants Brian to like her, and she tells him that he has inspired her to become a more serious student, and he's impressed. He fucking goes for it. This he's wearing at- a button-down cardigan tucked into pleated uh. front Chinos. He's clearly already somebody's stepdad. Like Lisa. <laughs> I mean, listen, older women just understand me more. <laughs> so they go off to the library to read yeah, he quietly buys it, by the together. Way. Yeah. Like, look, maybe best case scenario, it's been 24 hours yeah. since he saw her last, and he's like, "Well, sounds like you've become a complete intellectual in the last day." Yeah. Nom well, nom 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 nom. That's him right. eating it up. Um. So they go off together. Success. The audience kind of cheers for this. They're excited. Wendy finds Zach in the hall. Yep. Although they should have just both been in the meeting together. Yep. She's wearing a floral tablecloth. Yeah. Uh, She's, again, so clearly not supposed to be a sexual being. He's so threatened by her very presence in any, any way. Yep. And this juxtaposition of these things back to back to back clarifies the major crux of this. And I think many episodes I'm only as worthwhile as people think I am. Sure. My image is the most important thing about me, more important than my empathy or my humanity or my own feelings. Yeah. What people think of me is the biggest deal. And that is super teenage. That is a super high school way to feel, I think. It absolutely is, but it's not the sort of thing that... Uh, TV producers should be putting up as the ideal way to feel and with no. zero consequence. Exactly. The test of social responsibility of the adult writers steering this ship will be if if they can use this episode to drive home the fact and reinforce the fact that like you're not what people think you are. What people sure. think of you is not more important than how you feel about yourself. If they try to undercut it or teach an opposite lesson, then it will have succeeded. But if all they do is reinforce it and drive that fact home, then they'll have done more damage than they've done good. That's very true. And so Zach is still pretending that his back and also neck hurts and he's been in for acupuncture and deep tissue massage. And most California doctors on the planet. For sure. And Wendy isn't isn't the dumbest person on the planet, so she's like, look, you're just doing this to get out of going to the dance with me. I understand. She's also called him, and his mom said he was out surfing, and he's got zero decent response to that. Right, and she says, I've heard all this before, but I thought you were different. And I'm like, why? Was it all his hilarious misogynistic jokery? Yeah. Why did you think he was different? I got a lot of sympathy for Wendy in this episode, but not right now. Right, and then she says, let's just forget about the dance. I'd have more fun going alone. And yeah. the audience claps at her bravery, I guess. I guess so. What a great lesson to learn, I guess, somewhere, but that we don't. We don't. This isn't poignant enough for a lesson to be learned. Right. And she doesn't even say anything like... The thing is that if they had built a foundation of he, uh, he actually liked her, if he had left at her jokes or something, and then, yeah. and then it was like, oh, but no, not the dance. What if people see us together? Then she could say, we're friends you like me, why do you care so much what people think? But that's not the relationship as it has been set up at all. And I don't feel like we can put Wendy in the heroic spot. She's not featured enough. And I feel Zach's kind of leaving that spot as well, as we're going to see how he sticks the landing on this this next episode. So 
there we go. We're into Act Three now, and it is the mother. Fu- oh, we're at the max. We're going first. to the max. Yeah. yeah. Kelly's just trying to make an honest buck on her lunch hour. <laughs> Lisa is showing off her intellectual side to Brian, and in fact, this is the thing about this plot line. We're supposed to be thinking that Lisa is putting on an act, and she's betraying her own self to pretend to be someone else. In this conversation with Brian, she does not seem to be out of her depth. She does not seem to be faking it. She even says so. She's like, I'm doing great. Yeah, Kelly pulls her aside and says, you're being phony. And Lisa says, well, this phony has a boyfriend and old Lisa didn't. Which is, I mean, yes, if you're betraying your principles and who you truly are to be with someone, that is problematic. But I would argue that especially when you're young, being exposed to new things and having your horizons stretched and actually finding new things that you like that you didn't think you would is one of the best things about dating. Are we to think that she hates books and she hates foreign films? Like, let a girl live, Kelly. She's exploring some new things. Maybe she actually will like them. I, I agree. I think that you can still make the case that this is not the way to go about that specific exploration because it is phony and in service of a man's opinion of her. I would argue that this plotline could have been written differently. Yeah, look. In a way that would have encouraged people to maybe date other people who aren't exactly like you. The word you're looking for is better. And all of this episode could have been written better. Agreed. So Jesse sits down with Zach to complain about Screech. He's thinks he's in love with her. And I guess this is the lesson that Slater wanted to teach her. Don't piss me off or you might have to date a nerd. So he's giving her plant bouquets and leftovers to eat. And then Screech comes in and he's like, Hey there, Jesse. I'm really looking forward to going to the dance with you. Here's some meatloaf from my mom. And then here's the most important part of the episode. He kisses Jesse on the cheek and the audience fucking says, yeah, here's the thing. I don't defend anything that Dustin Diamond has done. Sex tape, stabbing a dude, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know, uh, being kind of a creep. But look, if I was a kid and like I was acting in front of real life people my age and like I kissed somebody on the cheek and they thought it was the most disgusting thing ever. And I had to do it a couple of times. I'm guessing Yeah, that would just ruin me. So I kind of, I'm not defending Dustin diamond, but I kind of get it. Yeah. And Jesse says, what's everyone going to think when they see us together at the dance, which is the crucial axis on which this entire episode spins. And Zach. And Zach, who doesn't seem at all remorseful or sad to have hurt Wendy's feelings. He's just chilling at the max. Zach remorseful. Zach remorseful. I'm surprised he's not here with Linda Lydia. He says. (laughs) It's true. Jesse says, I got to get out of this. And Zach says, you made a commitment and you'll break Screech's heart if you break the date. And underneath it all, he's a great guy. And totally unselfconsciously says all things to her. And then Jesse says, you're right. I sound stuck up and awful. I should give him a chance. I mean, Wendy's not exactly your type, but you're going with her. And it takes Jesse spelling this out and comparing Wendy directly to Screech for Zach to grant that Wendy might have a tiny bit of humanity and be a person whose feelings are worth considering. Honestly, the word might there is pretty poignant because she's like, she's not your type. In fact, she's kind of a horrible, disgusting person, but you're going out with her like a hero would. And he's like, oh, right. I know people don't like Screech because he's a nerd, but I know that underneath all that, he's great. Maybe underneath all that fat and that penophore, Wendy's also a human fucking being. You would think that that would be his thoughts, but it's mostly like, uh-oh, I feel feelings about things. I better try to get these feelings unfelt. <laughs> so then we go straight to the dance. Right it's the, dance. the climax. It's the supreme ordeal. The showdown with the oh, shadow. Oh yeah, remember the hero's journey, everybody. Right. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Jesse is giving it's dancing with Screech the old a- college try, and it's super actually kind of lovely. He's doing weird dance moves and she's copying them and she is like, I'm here with you and we're having fun and you're my friend and let's do this. And Jesse actually comes out of this episode sort of smelling like a rose. Almost. I cannot forget the fact that she threatened to murder a bunch of people that's still sort of hanging over everything. Fair. And it would be great if she had something to say about what she's doing and confirmed, you know what? This isn't so bad. And you know what? I might might have 
been had wrong feelings about the auction or whatever you want to do to tie this together. But nope, she's no. just dancing and having a decent time, we yep. guess. But we don't have time because then we have to go to... Zach, who is sitting with the nerds. Including the nerd who had that very touching moment with the other nerd girl who bid 50, 15 cents on him. Yeah. And she's stood him up. Yeah, she says she suddenly had to move to Europe, which feels like a hard lie to maintain on Monday when we all come back to school, but whatever. You know. Wendy shows up wearing a denim dress, pearls, and a satin sash, and they have put her in something in this scene that makes her look like a teenage girl at a dance. Like, for the first time, they've sort of dressed her. It's still, it's still matronly, though. Yeah. And Zach comes over and apologizes to her, and he says, I made a commitment to you, and I want to keep it. And she forgives him and sort of laughs at his next lame joke, and... Then he says... Uh, I felt he, so guilty about it. I felt it. guilty. He doesn't say, I don't care what people think. I think you're cool. I want to be your friend. Hey, no, no, no. None you know of that. Else, you know what else is missing from all this? I'm sorry. Yeah, no apology. No apology. And to be fair, and you know, she says, I don't want to be your date because you feel guilty. And Zach literally throws up his hands. There's just no pleasing women. Grr, what do they want? <laughs> she says, fuck you. I'm going to go eat some apps. <laughs> yeah, she does say she's going to go stand by the finger foods, which is like, it's come fucking great. on. That's where I spent all of my high school dances. Right. And there's a great Lindy West quote, which if you don't know the indomitable Lindy West, just Google her. She writes a ton about being fat and fat acceptance and loving your body and the depiction of fat people in media. And she says, fat people do not exist as leverage for thin people's self-esteem. We simply exist same as anyone. So Wendy's basically like, I'm not here so you feel like a hero for going out with me. I don't care if you feel guilty. Where's the food? Which sort of undercuts it. It does, but what are you going to do? So then we get to Brian and Lisa because again we are in a furious lightning round of stories. Now. <laughs> yes, we gotta wrap all these things is, up. We have five things to address, and we're gonna address all fucking five of them if we if it kills us. Right. We will keep your audience after till we can do more. <laughs> right. After class. Brian so- <laughs> Brian tells Lisa that he used to openly mock her, and she's like, How charming. Yeah. And she says, I go to foreign films exclusively now, and I'm taking French lessons, and he dances like a fucking door. She doesn't say that. I'm saying that. She asks (laughs) if we can go to the mall tomorrow instead of a cello concert. And he kind of balks at that and then thinks that he's, she's must be making a joke. And this is, this is sad because the trying of new things and expansion of horizons has to be a two way street in a relationship. Sure. And if he had been willing to attempt to go into the mall to see why his girlfriend likes it, he might've found out he liked it too. And they might have started dating, and it might have been like, oh, Lisa's learning new things. Maybe she's not completely vapid, but nope, Brian does not have a multi-episode arc, and Lisa no, needs to get back to being a vapid mall rat by the next episode, so this romance is doomed. I, I, I still say that Lisa could have approached this from a, hey, I know we don't have a lot in common, but look, I just read this book, and I think it's great. Would you like to talk about it? Mm-hmm. And then... Yes, I still think these things are great. Why don't you try doing one of these things with me? But instead, it's my personality is completely different now. Yeah. I'm whoever you are. So if I bring up the mall, it's like, well, that's not, I didn't think you were doing that sort of thing anymore. Right. It's just troublesome all around. But yeah, it's, it's on its way out. Yeah. Um, Slater, cut to Slater and Kelly who are there together. Slater misses Jesse, but not enough to apologize to nope. her because I guess she hasn't learned a lesson yet or something. But and she's, and she's all the way over there. She looks like she's having fun. So screw him. Yeah. Um, he clearly misses her and keeps talking about how he misses her. He, she's right behind him, <laughs> but he does not want to talk about it because feelings are for girls. Yeah. And, and not for dudes. Yeah. So he goes to the punch bowl and speaking of feelings, Screech comes to the punch bowls too and says, that Jesse Spano, she really gets my mojo going, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to undercut what I just said recently. That's fucking gross. <laughs> it's gross. That's disgusting. Cause he's basically, he's, he's using an Austin Powersism <laughs> to say, man, that Jesse Spano makes me horny as hell. Your girlfriend yeah. makes me horny as hell. Um, but then actually which he, I'm going to tell you, dudes don't care. Right. For that. They don't like that. So, no. but he, can tell that Slater is sad and above all, he's their friend. So he goes back over to Jesse and says, try to forget about me and go over and comfort Slater. Whose fragile ego caused all of this. And she <laughs> says, mama's back. Mama's and it's back. all forgiven. Cause he calls her mama. I get that. I know but, uh, it's not good. 
It's not right. Um, and I forget, I forget who was teaching whom a lesson, both of them or something. <laughs> this is very high school. You know why you've forgotten? Nobody fucking learned yep, a lesson. Yeah, but it's so high school to be like needlessly vindictive and then get back together for no real reason. So this I'm allowing. Okay. Okay. But let's not forget Slater hasn't learned anything and Jesse threatened to murder people. Also, Zach's the worst, and Lisa blackmailed somebody with really? shame and humility. I've got a Hung thing. i got a this. whole theory that's coming okay. up. All right. It's going to blow your mind. Back to Brian and Lisa. Whip across the dance floor. <laughs> Brian talks shit about Lisa's friends and tells her she needs to make new ones, and she this is the last straw. She literally rips off the suit that she's she wearing like Barbie, a superhero. She Barbie evening gowns her dress. <laughs> she rips off the bottom so it becomes a short skirt and takes off her jacket, and she's got a crop top underneath, and she says she has to... Be yourself. Au revoir, creep. Bye-bye, Brian. We will never see you again. And it's it's almost a good lesson about being yourself. Sure. But it ends up being kind of like don't date anyone who isn't exactly like you, which is kind of the opposite of the lesson we're trying to teach Zach. It's getting muddy. It's the last dance. Lisa's dancing with Screech, who's a geek, which is a distinct category from intellectual because he's not cute or something. Sure. But whatever. Belding is dancing with Kelly, which no. No, no, Not no. at any school, not at any he's point in time. dancing with a student who is in a cheerleading no, outfit. No, not okay. Whose skin is very exposed. This is a PTA nightmare. No. Uh-uh. This, is a, this is a Kelly Kapowski <laughs> no. nightmare moving forward. Slater and Jesse, of course, are dancing. And Zach sidles up to Wendy. Last <laughs> chance to prove that you have learned some kind of actual lesson, you sentient surfboard. Repeat after me. I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. He says, uh, he still hasn't apologized, but he's like, can we dance? And she's like, I don't know. Do you feel sorry well, for me? Well, she says, you don't have to. And he says, I made a commitment. He says, give me a break. I want to. <laughs> yeah. Give me a break. Like, she has some sort of problem. <laughs> Fuck give me you. a break. Fuck you, Zach Morris. Fuck you. And this, she makes her blush and she dances with him. Oh, my God. And then Lindia Lindia sidles over (laughs) and tries to cut in. Where were you for the first 40 songs of this dance? You could have danced with him at any other point in time. And then Zach says, no, he's dancing with Wendy. But he hasn't told us why or Uh, what he's learned or apologized to her. And then he asks her out to go to, for fun at the max. No, after he the says dance. they're going out to the max afterwards. Oh, he doesn't actually ask her. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Asking out is like apologizing unnecessary. No, and then she says that's great, and she loves fun, which is fucking <sighs> even worse. Because he's like, yeah, we're going out now. And he's going to dump this woman and never talk to her again in three hours. Yeah. And what have we learned? What have any of them learned from any of these storylines? Nothing. I don't know. The community is implicitly healed, though, I guess, because we'll never see Wendy or Brian again. And the cheerleaders have new uniforms. So here's my theory that's going to turn this whole show on its head. Please. All right. Do something. I'm going to do my best. And it it is hurdles and acrobatics. So we have an episode where people suggest the date auction and then they fall into moral corruption. Oh. Jesse threatens to murder people. Lisa blackmails people. Zach body shames somebody and then never apologize for it. AC Slater seeks revenge on his girlfriend and Screech shows uh, Lisa an unsolicited beefcake picture of himself and then uh, obsesses about Jesse. So what you might think is, hey, shouldn't this be a special episode about how you should never do date auctions? Yeah, that would be great if I believed that anyone thought about this before you right now. No, nobody has. Nobody has thought about this during the production or anything like that. But I'm going to go one step further. And I'm going to say it has nothing to do with the date auction. The ordinary world of this piece is everybody is horrible. And sometimes they get slightly better, but then they go right back to being self-involved, shitty teens. So it's an always sunny in Philadelphia scenario. It's it's a proto, it's always sunny in Philadelphia without any awareness whatsoever. Yeah, but we're supposed to like them. I like the people on It's Always Sunny. I don't. Well, I guess we agree to disagree on okay. that. But I think that you should have made this an episode about, hey... Date auctions are the worst thing in the world. They bring out the worst in people. They put a price on people's humanity. But thinking about this series overall, 
they're just kind of horrible people. Yeah, oh, geez. This could have been a great episode for at least the the several the Zach and Wendy storyline and a little bit the Jesse and Screech storyline. Yeah. And definitely you could have roped in the Brian and Lisa storyline to be what I think of myself is more important than what other people think of could me. Have been. It, it, it could have been. It yeah. would have taken so little it would have at the end meant to drive that home. Doing less. To make this episode work, all you had to do was not so much. Really quickly, just to give us a bright spot of hope at the end of all of this. Yep. If you want to see an awesome show about normal human-sized women leading awesome lives, check out Dietland. It's super comic. It's super dark and terrific. Fantastic. That show is about to start its second season. And very excitingly, Lindy West, who I mentioned before, who wrote an amazing memoir called Shrill, which you can read or listen to an audiobook. They're making a TV show out of Shrill. Uh, A.D. Bryant is going to star oh, in it. They just started principal photography like a couple of weeks ago uh mm-hmm. samantha irby is in the room who's a fantastic essayist and memoirist herself the times they are changing in terms of representing all kinds of women with all kinds of body types on sure. tv they were not great uh for people at this time in 1991 or any time really before or shortly thereafter but they're getting better now yeah i feel like i couldn't leave it without just talking no, a little bit there's about something that. very positive about that and to make make it that's obviously my theory everybody's the worst do you feel like they were just attempting something that they couldn't pull off at this specific time with this show maybe but i i feel like they just put her out there and played her for laughs i think so too and he never came back around and said i think you're cool and i don't care what other people think or i'm sorry or let's be friends how about that what a great landing that would be so no, I'm sorry, Saved by the Bell. You, you didn't quite catch it this time, but, you know, we'll be back Yeah, there are several plenty more, more times. Um, so what did you learn? Anything here? I learned that I really feel like the gang uh, from Saved by the Bell are sociopaths. Yeah, I don't know what I learned, man. Uh, who did oh. you want to hug? Um, I, I guess Wendy. Yeah, I guess Wendy. I mean, actually, Wendy or the nerd who gets stood up. Yeah, Both of Horace, them, Herbert, you know, something. Her, her Hobart, Hobart, Hobart. Yeah, I, I guess so. Look, listen to us grasping at straws here. It's because this episode is miserable. I'm so sorry. I know everybody loves Saved by the Bell, but Jesus Christ, this one might as well have been 22 minutes of Zach Morris beating Wendy on the streets. They they bit <laughs> off way more than they could chew, and then they just spit it out. They did. Right in your fucking face. Yeah. So sorry that this one's a bit of a <laughs> sorry. This is a bit of a downer. Um, we got super depressed here at the yeah, end. Yeah, uh, but it's not our fault. They started it. Yeah, they started it. Now we're gonna finish it. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to a very special episode of Hugging and Learning. Uh, join us next time, won't you? Bring snacks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box, where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time.